If you thought John Angelo saying it was inappropriate to talk about the baseball team he owns on Martin Luther King Day was the dumbest thing he would say this offseason, well, Monday proved you wrong because John Angelos continued, continued to say some very dumb things when he spoke to the media in Sarasota. And we'll talk about how dumb it was and why he's becoming a serious problem for the Orioles coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Wednesday, February 22nd, 2023. And welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to take a look at what John Angelo said, because he spoke to the media once again earlier this week in Sarasota at Orioles Spring Training. He spoke for 37 minutes, and at least 30 of those minutes, he just said, once again, some very, very dumb things, specifically when it comes to the Orioles, their payroll, and how they're going to operate moving forward. So we will break it all down and what all of his quotes may mean for the O's moving forward Coming up on this episode of the Locked on Orioles podcast, which is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of Locked On. You can visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On to get started today. So let's jump right into it. I'm sure you've seen or heard a good number of the quotes already. But John Angelos just took himself down to Sarasota over the weekend and ended up speaking with reporters on Sunday. And, well, it didn't sound or look good once again. And and he set a precedent for this already this offseason, as we know. When he hosted the press conference with Baltimore Mayor Brandon Scott back in January to talk about the Orioles' donation to the city and their college fund, he was asked appropriately by Dan Connolly of The Athletic and and by other reporters that cover the Orioles about the lawsuit that he was at the time in the midst of with his family. He was asked about financials of the Orioles and whether or not that the family was going to sell. And he, of course, went after Connolly and said it was inappropriate to talk about that on Martin Luther King Day and that Dr. King wouldn't have wanted that. Remember, this guy's main reason he's famous at all is that he owns the Orioles. That's his main job. Why would it not be appropriate to talk about it? But I think we all thought, well, he'll say some dumb things, but it's not going to get any stupider than that for John Angelos this offseason. Well, you could still argue that was the dumbest thing he said, but he came close to that one on Sunday speaking to reporters in Sarasota. And in terms of the future of the Orioles, these quotes that he gave this week were much, I would say, much more concerning. Now, let's start with Angelos talking about general financials of the Orioles. And here's a quote that, now, this didn't start off the press conference, but I mean, Here's the quote. It was also, we were fortunate that as the world hit a pandemic, we were stripped down to that full. I mean, 
that was just good luck, really, in that sense, that to not have a lot of payroll out there. First of all, nice sentence structure, John. Second of all, what he's saying there is the Orioles were fortunate through the deadly pandemic that killed too many people to count because they were so deep into their rebuild and their payroll was so bare bones that the fact that there was zero fans in the stands for the entirety of 2020 didn't hurt the Orioles like it hurt, quote, the bigger payroll teams who he talked about relying on ticket sales for that revenue. He talked about how the Orioles were basically fortunate that a pandemic that killed that many people hit when it did in 2020 when the O's were going through a rebuild. What, what in your mind makes you think that that is okay to say? And in what world, beside the pandemic, is it a super big positive when you combine that and how low the payroll was and how bad the Orioles were 2018 through 2021? But speaking of payroll... Let's get to what he talked about there. And he compared the Orioles to a lot of different teams. And the quote, we're probably not going to have, nor is any middle or small market team, the payroll of the Mets or the Dodgers or even the Red Sox or certainly the Yankees. But that's not an Orioles thing. That's a small and middle market team in this economic system. First of all, there are media markets. There are big, medium, and small media markets across the United States. Baltimore is a middle media market. Markets don't matter. And to say, but that's not an Orioles thing. In the late 90s, the Orioles led baseball in payroll. The Orioles in 1997, number two in payroll behind the Yankees. And the Orioles in 1998, with kind of all those same players coming off that year, they led the league. They had the highest payroll in baseball in 1998 with, guess what, the Angelos family in charge at that time. 25 years later, they're sitting in 28th right now in baseball after being 29th and 30th over the last couple of years. And they've added payroll, and they're still 28th. What's the plan there? And here's the other thing that everyone wants to talk about. And it's a great quote, and Nathan Ruiz of the Baltimore Sun was the first one to put it out there. The Orioles are the 28th biggest market in the U.S. I should say Baltimore is the 28th biggest market. They are one spot below San Diego, which is the 27th biggest market in the United States. The San Diego Padres run a $250 million payroll, top five in all of baseball. And yet the Orioles are hovering around the 60s to $70 million range for 2023. And yet they're basically even media markets. So does market size matter? A little bit it does, but not nearly as much as owners, specifically John Angelos, talk about it like it does. If you get a rich owner, like the Padres owner, who came in, tanked for a little bit, and then just said, we're spending, and spent $250 million on this year's team, and they're still adding this offseason. They got Michael Waka just because they could. Meanwhile, the Orioles were connected with him for three months, and didn't sign him. Padres got him as their number six starter. He could have been the Orioles opening day guy. That's the difference between those two teams. And I don't think or expect the Orioles 
to have a $250 million payroll next year. I get that they have to slowly increase it, and they started that this offseason. It was slow, but they did increase it. But you could at least be competitive, and they have been. They crossed $100 million easily throughout the buck years, you know, when they won the most games in the American League from 2012 through 2016. They even got into the top 10 in payroll a couple years in that stretch. So yeah, they were never Steve Cohen Mets level or Yankees level, but they were consistently in the top half of baseball and again, got into the top 10 a couple of those years. That's all I'm asking for. If you can get in the top 15, that's beautiful. At least compete because there is a strong correlation between winning the World Series and how high your payroll is. Now, you can't look as much at, well, does the higher payroll team always win the World Series in the matchup? No. Astros beat the Phillies last year. Phillies had more payroll. But the Phillies got to the World Series because of that. And you can argue, oh, you know, teams like the Rays and Guardians and the Brewers, they get to the playoffs. They don't win World Series. Yeah, the Rays got to a couple World Series. Yeah, Cleveland got there in 2016. They didn't win the World Series. You look back at the World Series winners, it's teams that are spending pretty consistently in the top 10 in payroll in Major League Baseball, and, I mean, never outside the top half of Major League Baseball. So if the O's are really trying to build something from the ground up and build a team that's going to compete every year and be in the postseason every year and and win multiple championships in this stretch, because, I mean, that's really what they brought Mike Elias and his crew in to do, they're going to need to spend because history has shown you need to at least spend in the top half and usually spend somewhere near or in the top 10 to win a World Series. And the O's are not close to doing that. And the question really becomes, is John Angelos going to do it or is John Angelos going to choose to go the way of the Rays, the Guardians, and the Brewers? And that's what we're going to get to coming up next because Angelos did mention those teams when he talked to the media on Sunday and... I'll tell you why that is uh, just a little bit concerning. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Now, the midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because customers, new customers especially, get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, it's secure, and it's super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drain. Now, if you're looking at some NBA bets coming up, we are past All-Star Weekend into the second half of the NBA season. Listen, I would take a look at probably the Suns' overwin total. They're going to get Kevin Durant into that lineup. They've already had success. Go with the Phoenix Suns. And plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So John Angelos decided to speak again. And speak again he did. And say stupid stuff again, yes, he did. And mostly was really hitting on Orioles' payroll and and what the future of the team looks like. And we already talked about how weird it was, the quote about how the Orioles were lucky in COVID and how they're never going to be like the Dodgers or the Yankees or the Mets or the Red Sox. But then he started mentioning maybe the teams that 
they could be like. And that's where things, for me at least, get a little more concerning. Because he compared the Orioles more so to the Rays, the Guardians, and the Brewers, and teams like that. And he did say, you know, we're in a better spot than the Rays because we have a better stadium. He talked about those kind of things. But the way that he was talking was like, hey, we're going to try to operate like Tampa and Cleveland. And what do those teams do? They have player development machines. They draft well. They develop well. They have always two of the usually top five minor league systems in all of baseball, really at any given time. And they just continue to churn players into the big leagues, both their first round picks and guys that are like 25th round picks and international signings. You know, they get those guys to the big leagues to be productive big leaguers. But also what they do is get them to the big leagues to be productive big leaguers and be cheap productive big leaguers. And when those players hit arbitration and when they get close to free agency, they trade those players away because they don't want to pay them. Now, the Rays have started paying guys a little bit more recently. I mean, they gave Wander Franco the big extension and they gave extensions out this offseason to guys like Jeffrey Springs and Yandy Diaz. He gave one to Brandon Lau, but still all of those extensions are well under market. They get those done early before the players hit free agency and well before, you know, sometimes before they hit arbitration, even especially with Wander Franco. Basically, he was in the majors for less than a year and he gets, you know, an 11-year extension. So they're still saving money by doing that. You look at Cleveland. They traded away Francisco Lindor. And did they do pretty well in that trade if they if you think they had to trade him? Yeah. I mean, Andres Jimenez and Ahmed Rosario were huge parts of Cleveland winning the division last year. But they're not Francisco Lindor, who's a legitimate MVP candidate. They're just good players who were in Cleveland's lineup. You look at what a team like Tampa continues to do in, you know, trading away a player like Blake Snell when he gets too close to arbitration and his number gets too high after Blake Snell was literally the ace that helped lead them to the World Series in 2020, and then they trade him away. It's going to happen with more raised players. It continues to happen. They they funnel through guys. They have the, the up and down of all those relievers they keep on the 40-man roster. And they just try to keep things as cheap as possible. Now, is it nice to have, you know, a bite at the apple every year like the Rays do? Yeah, I mean, they're pretty consistently in the postseason. They got to the World Series in 2008. They got back to the World Series in 2020. Didn't win either of those. Cleveland's a little less consistent, but they've still been good. Got to the World Series in 2016. Just won the division again last year with a super young ball club. So that's nice to have as well. But they don't win the World Series. And here's the thing that's concerning is that if you just put your fan hat on and not your I want to be the GM hat on, if the Orioles are going to operate like the Rays, yeah, maybe they could extend Adley Rutschman or maybe Gunnar Henderson, but it's not going to be both. And they're going to trade one of those guys five years from now. If you want the Orioles to operate like the Rays, they're not extending both Gunnar and Adley. And if Grayson Rodriguez is this good, throw him into the mix too. Adley, Gunnar, Grayson, they're probably only extending one of those three guys. The other two are getting traded five years down the line. Is that what you want? I mean, yeah, it'd be amazing if the O's win a World Series in the next five years with those guys. It would make that trade sting a little less. But is that what you really want? No. You, at the very least, want a team that's going to retain its own stars, which the Rays do to a small number. And yes, Cleveland did extend Jose Ramirez, but they also traded Francisco Lindor. Any team in their right mind would have just extended both of those guys and continue to have maybe the best left side of the infield in all of baseball. 
Instead, these teams like the Rays and you know the Brewers are, are, are one of these teams as well. You know, you just saw what happened with Corbin Burns, and they just beat him down for a million dollars extra in arbitration, and he doesn't seem too happy with the Brewers, and it feels like the Brewers are going to trade him. Hopefully it's to the Orioles, but it feels like the Brewers are going to trade him. I don't want the Orioles to operate like this. Yeah, I want them to continue to get to the playoffs. That's nice. But they've shown in the past under the Angelos family they're willing to spend in the top 10 and spend their way into being a World Series team. That is what they need to do. And when Angelos says things like, could payroll be double or triple what it is? Or could it be over $100 million? Yeah, but we're not there yet. We have a very young team that's overachieved and overperformed because of the great work of our baseball folks. If it could be double or triple, and it could be over $100 million, why is it not? And at the very least, at the very least, John, if you're not going to sign these free agents this offseason, okay, you have that money to spend, then spend it on your own guys. Extend Adley, extend Grayson. Even give out the, the Santander or John Means type extensions that are going to be cheaper at this point. But they've done none of those. And now you start thinking, is this current group all going to hit free agency? Is the upcoming core with Adley at the top, are they also all going to hit free agency? Probably not because they're probably going to be traded before that happens. That's not, as a fan, how you want your baseball team to operate when you can never buy anyone's jersey. That's how Rays fans operate. They haven't been able to buy a jersey basically since Evan Longoria. I mean, the only guy they can do it with is Wander Franco because they locked him up. They can't buy anybody else's jersey because they can be traded at any time. I don't want the O's to operate like that. Keep your good players and pay them at the very least. And then I want you to add in free agency on top of that and still churn out these great players from the minors, these great rookies. Keep doing that. That's going to turn you into a power. But here is the thing that just put me over the edge from John Angelos this weekend. And there's plenty of things, and there's plenty of quotes I'm not even going to get to in this episode that were just idiotic. But here's the one. At the end of this quote about, you know, could our payroll be double, triple, over $100 million? Quote, it's not my job to predict payroll. My job is to make sure that the community partnerships are sustained. I think all of it comes after that, right? First, I have to do the concerts. Then we have to do the public-private partnership. But you're asking me to look three, four, five years ahead. All of those scenarios are possible. It's not my job to predict payroll. This is literally the I think you should leave meme with the hot dog costume saying we're all looking for the guy who did this. It is 100% your number one job, John, to predict the payroll. Not just predict the payroll, to set the payroll. And he also gave a quote about how Mike Elias and his staff were giving John Angelos the payroll they wanted to operate at. That's not how it works. The owner has the money. You give them the money. You give them the budget. Then they go spend it in free agency and extensions and make your team better. What in the world is John Angelos talking about? You own the team. You can put as much money in it as you want. It is 100% your job to do the payroll, to predict the payroll, whatever that means. I don't care about the concerts. I, I literally do not care one bit that Bruce Springsteen is coming to Camden Yards. I don't care that you're getting Paul McCartney at Camden Yards. I do not care. Spend some money on the baseball team. 
Make the team better. You've got this incredible young core coming together. You had an amazing season last year. You keep talking about we added 31 wins. Well, add some more by adding to the team. Who cares about Bruce Springsteen? Pay Adley Rutschman. Get a free agent pitcher. Get a bat. First, I have to do the concerts? Are you serious? He's going to bring this team and this organization down. If he's caring about the concerts and the community partnerships more than the Orioles. Are those things important? Yeah. They help bring in revenue. Community partnerships are so important for a sports team to have with its city. But your number one thing is putting a winner out there and those things come next. You're in the reverse order, John. And he continues to just say the dumbest things with these quotes being the dumbest. The Orioles need new ownership. And I've said this before. And I said it after John Angelos did the weird Martin Luther King Day thing. And I, I will continue to say it. But the Angelos group is, is a different kind of ownership. You know, the way that Peter Angelos made his money, you know, representing a, a bunch of workers, you know, who, who suffered from mesothelioma, from asbestos. And it was a class action lawsuit. He represented them. I mean, I think the Angelos family among the MLB owners is like the only big Democratic donors in baseball. But they're also maybe the dumbest. And maybe Peter wasn't as bad. And maybe it's just a John thing. But he is the ultimate fail son of this family. They're all lawyers. He didn't pass the bar. Peter runs the team, top payroll. John takes over, tanks it. He can't even speak to the media for two minutes without saying something incredibly stupid. And yeah, the lawsuit's over, and that's great that they settled out of court or did whatever they do, and they dropped the lawsuit. That's good. That helps with everything swirling around this ownership. But it hasn't led to anything extra for the Orioles, and they still don't have a new lease signed for Camden Yards. We'll finish up coming up next. Angelo's at least said a couple of somewhat positive things, but what are we going to do with this guy? So John Angelos continued to just say the dumbest things. And I did want to mention a couple of more positive things that he talked about. He, he was asked about the contracts from Mike Elias and Brandon Hyde, who we know both of them are through under contract in 2023, but we don't know anything beyond that. He said, I will tell you guys this. I'm here for the long haul. Mike is here for the long haul. Brandon is here for the long haul. We are fully vested. We're not going anywhere, and nobody is a short timer. No contracts are expiring in a year or two years or anything like that. So if what he's saying is true, and he's been known to lie, that that means Elias and Hyde's contracts right now are at least through 2025 if he's saying they're not expiring in a year or two. And I think that's good because you got to let Michael Elias see his plan out. And I think Brandon Hyde, what he did last year, deserves that extension if he got it. So that's a good thing. And Angelos did talk about the new lease coming up and said it could be an all-star break present for Baltimore. Hopefully that's the case. And in July, the Orioles have a new long 15-plus year lease with Oriole Park at Camden Yards. And, I mean, it's a no-brainer. If they get that lease, they get that $600 million to improve the ballpark and the area around it. I'm not worried about that. They're not going to move. They're going to stay at the ballpark. So at least he said a couple of positive things. 
But I just, I can't get over him saying it's not my job to predict the payroll and him saying the concerts come first. If your job isn't to do the payroll, if you're more worried about other stuff than winning on the baseball field, then get out. If you're a billionaire who's whining about how much money you're spending and whining that, oh, you know, we were so lucky during the pandemic that we didn't lose as much money because we weren't going to have fans anyway. We were losing so many games. What? What? Owning a baseball team, as we've seen from Steve Cohen, and as it should be for other owners, should be for people who have an amount of money that no one should ever have, and they use it to at least make some other people happy. They spend it on their baseball team to win a championship, to make the fans of that city happy, and although it's stupid that the owner is the first one to touch the World Series trophy, they spend it so they can do that on national TV. That's perfectly fine. Most of these owners are horrible, horrible people. Pretty much all of them are. But if a horrible person brings your city a championship, you don't think of him or her as that horrible. That's just how it works in sports, whether you like it or not. And John Angelos, turns out he's an idiot. And also, is he really trying to bring a championship to Baltimore if he's putting no money into this team? So why are you doing this? If you come from a billionaire family, why aren't you trying and just putting all that money into this? Why own the team if you're not going to put money into it? That's what I don't understand. Baseball is super profitable. Don't let the owners tell you that owning a baseball team, they might take a loss. It is always super profitable. But it's also something that is supposed to be fun for these owners to try and win. But some, including John Angelos, don't want to do that, apparently. They just want to host Bruce Springsteen rather than host Carlos Rodon. That's what it comes down to. That's not what I want in my owner. If you want that, that's fine. I don't get it, but I guess that's fine. But... Give me good players over good musicians in Camden Yards. I think that's pretty easy. And instead, we've got maybe the world's dumbest man owning the Orioles. And we need him and that entire family out of here, out of Baltimore, go to Nashville and leave us alone. Please, go pour your money into Carter Faith's career. Just get away from the Orioles. But that'll do it for today's episode. Hope you made it through my rant. We'll be back tomorrow talking about more on-the-field stuff for the Orioles. Second full squad workout at spring training is coming up on Wednesday. We'll get all the news and notes from the players reporting coming up on tomorrow's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.